Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Brack Stacks. I'm here with Zach Hillman. Good to be here. And uh, we're going to be continuing our study in John chapter 4. Um, but first, is there any anything cool you've been seeing this week, Zach? Anything you want to share? Uh, you know, nothing, you know, nothing that's, that's you know, super big at all. All right. Sounds good. Um, I don't think I have anything either. I just figured I have a segment for that. Right. Segment of us doing stuff. Yeah. Figuring things out. Stuff and things. Cool. But that segment was really short because we didn't talk about it beforehand. and. Mm-hmm. So that's just It'll be where fine. we're at. We're waiting It'll be fine. So <clears throat> we are in John uh, chapter 4 this week. If you missed last week's episode, we were in John chapter 3 with our friend Ethan Hickel. Um, I think everyone missed that one. Just about everybody. <laughs> but you can go on Spotify, look up Brax Tax, and, uh, and that is where you can find that episode. Um, there were some technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, so we did... And that recording early, unfortunately, um, didn't get a, a proper close to the episode. However, there was some good stuff in there for mm-hmm. 48 minutes. Anyway, so we were in John chapter 3. Now we are in John chapter 4. We are studying Jesus as the person who is he according to John. And uh, we're going to be diving right in. So, uh, Zach, if you wouldn't mind reading... From John chapter 4, verse 1, uh, I think just went it for you know, at least like six verses. Yeah, I think probably six would be good. Well, yeah, just Perfect. stop whenever you're comfortable. Yep. <clears throat> Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went away again into Galilee and he had to pass through Samaria. So he, came, so he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being weary from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was the sixth hour. All right. Any thoughts from those six verses? Um, well, it, it's... We're setting, well, the setting, mm-hmm. um, you know, very, very rich um, Hebrew backstory of like yeah. th- this is, um, you know, Israel's well mm-hmm. is here. Yeah. Um, and typically, when the gospel is setting things in a important biblical place, mm-hmm. it's probably going to make some important, uh, important. Um, uh, claims or, 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 yeah. or stories, so it's a indicator to really pay attention. Yep. Um, what about you? Um, so he he hears that the Pharisees have heard something about him, mm-hmm. that he's baptizing and, and making more disciples than John, even though Jesus isn't actually the one who's doing the baptizing. Um, by the way, I just think that's really smart on his part, not to baptize people. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being a member of the early church? And mm-hmm. and they're like, well, who baptized you? Well, I, I was baptized by Peter. Really? Because <laughs> I was baptized by Jesus. You know, like, it's probably a really good idea that he didn't yeah. do baptisms 
um, just so that, you know, human ego and pride mm -hmm. doesn't go wild. Uh, but he, so he hears about this and leaves Judea, goes to Galilee, and then he had to pass through Samaria. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality is he doesn't have to pass through Samaria. Right. Um, most Jews would not pass through Samaria. Um, it's a, like a three-day journey to go through Samaria, just straight north from Judea to Galilee. But most of the times the Jews would go around Samaria. Yeah. Um, and it would take longer. Uh, so Jesus doesn't have to, but he has he had to. to. Yeah. Um, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph, as you read. Um, Jesus wearied as he was from the journey. Um, Jesus walked everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't have a car or a motorcycle or things with wheels to as ride cool on. As cool as that would be. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Jesus on a motorcycle? Jesus on a motorcycle. That would be so cool. I mean, basically just Google a picture of Keanu Reeves right. on, on one of his custom-made motorcycles. You're halfway there. You're, you're about right. halfway there. You know, um, <laughs> but but he 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 walks, mm. and um, you know just just some thoughts on that. Like, there's something about walking. Um, I used to work at, at a subway, and I would either walk or bike to the subway. Mm. This was only a few miles away um, every day for work, and. Uh, I, I noticed things about the world that I never would notice when I'm riding somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, the, the pace of life is slowed down at a walk or a bike. Um, Jesus doesn't have a bike because it's too early for that. But um, you notice the details of the road. Mm -hmm. You have time to notice the details of the trees that you're passing by. Um, you have time to notice the the wind on your face. Um, that is that's not to paint an idyllic uh, picture of walking. Right, right. Um, because walking is wearisome. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think Jesus just being who he is, um, certainly in the time frame that he's at, goes up against our American culture of doing things quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm driving somewhere. I mean, you can now drive 24 miles, 23.2, mm -hmm. right? Is that 26.2? I'm sorry. Yeah. You can drive 26.2 miles rather than running 26.2 miles like, he, you know, the guy back in the Battle of Marathon had to mm -hmm. do. Um, but... You know, there, we, we have this demand of, of immediacy, of, of quick. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Jesus walks. And uh, Jesus walks through life. And if you want to drive through life, you're going to be a little frustrated, mm -hmm. I think, because he's going to be walking through life with you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to slow down a little bit. Um, you're going to, as a Christian, um, or even not a believer, you're going to want Jesus to do things faster than how he's doing them. 
mm-hmm. and, uh, and Jesus walks. And it's not just you have to be wearied by his walking, like the slowness of walking. You also have to be wearied by the journey itself. Mm-hmm. You can't glide over the journey. Yeah. You can't drive this journey. You have to walk it with Jesus. Um, all that to also say he is a, a very physical person. Yeah. And he is wearied by the journey of three days of walking so far. You know, he's, he's going through and he's experiencing the sun on his head. He's experiencing blisters on his feet. He's experiencing the dusty wind. He's, he's tired and thirsty. I mean, you would too if you've been walking for a couple of days straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus, not only will he not allow us to drive over the journey, he himself will not um, drive. Mm-hmm. He, he won't say, you have to walk, but I'm okay with driving. And, you know, he doesn't call on his son of godness, mm-hmm. his deity, to just go, you know, disciples, I'm going to teleport us all <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to Galilee. Or I'll, te- I'll teleport you to Galilee. Or I'll, de- I'll teleport myself, but you have to walk. Mm-hmm. Like, he walks with us. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on, on how there's something special to walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you think to... Uh, so Brax and I have gone up to Boundary Waters together. Um, we hope to do that again this year, mm-hmm. if that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- you think about the portages. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's brutal. It's tough. You know, you're carrying your however many pound pack and yep. you know, in your canoe and all. And that possibly your canoe at the same time. True. If you're yes, if, I'm not yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're Nielsen. Yeah. Um, but. One one interesting interesting thing about you know when you're walking those you know even though it's tough and tiresome and burdensome, um, and this is one thing that we don't really pick up on much in the Bible is you know you're with the people that you're walking yeah. with you're talking you're interacting with them and this is yeah. one thing that you know we've been watching The Chosen, mm-hmm. brilliant TV series yeah. you know on YouTube go look it up it's fantastic mm-hmm. is you know it, it's it's a long walk like what three day walk probably to get through Samaria at least. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's a three-day journey from Judea to Galilee. So they've probably been walking like a day, day and a half mm-hmm. at this point right. as we're picking up in the story. Right. And, you know, up to this point, there's there's no dialogue right. in here. Yeah. But obviously as they're walking, they're talking, Jesus is probably teaching to the disciples and they're just, you know, coexisting yeah. together. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that, you know, we can really be um, blessed by as if, you know, we put ourselves into the mm-hmm. story, even in these, like, weird traveling parts. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on there yeah. that might, like, you know, don't know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but we know kind of the what what it was, you know, yeah. in, in being in there walking and, yeah. and talking with, with someone. Yeah. It's, it would be like going on a long road trip with someone that you really, really idolize, mm-hmm. you know, not famous, right? Because right. Jesus isn't famous at this point, but just you know that kind of like, oh, like I really, I really want to, I really want to say something to him, mm-hmm. 
but I don't know what I would say because right. you know, like he already knows everything. <laughs> um, you know, just what you experience in prayer, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, like what what do I say? He already knows it. You know, like mm-hmm. do I, do I try to impress him? You know, or does that like you know being like that like right. social maneuvering of like do I try to say something to impress him, or will that backfire? Right. Because he'll think that that's not humble, right? And he values mm-hmm. humility. Mm-hmm. Or sh- should I do something that's really humble, so that he'll notice? Right, right. You know, right. it's it's all of that, like just playground, mm-hmm. um, you know, social dynamic that's probably going on with the disciples. But yeah, I think that's really good. Is that you know the relationship that's being built there mm-hmm. amongst the disciples, amongst Jesus, you know. Is he's really spending time with them. Yep. Um, yeah. So if you want to keep reading. Sure. Let's see how far we get. Yeah. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given sorry, and he would have given you living water. We're good? Yep. Okay. Uh, where is it? She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our, or you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give them shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. All right. That's good. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, just first contextually, you know, the... You know, people, you know, women, when they would go out to the, um, to the wells, they'd generally be together. So the, there's obviously something, you know, I, w- I wouldn't say fishy, but strange how, you know, it's, it's a woman on, on her own in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, w- we always see, you know, Jesus being really, really cryptic mm-hmm. with his answers. And, and it's, Almost no different here, right? Um, it, it, it's it's interesting because he he half directly answers her question mm-hmm. about you know like where do you where do you get this water, right? Um, and he he doesn't necessarily say where he gets it. Mm-hmm. He just says that he has it, right? Which is very similar to what we saw in um, chapter three with Nicodemus about you know being you know when Nicodemus is asking you know how do you be born again and right. all that. Just saying, like, hey, don't, don't worry about it. Don't you worry know, about you it. You don't know how the wind blows, it's where fine. it comes from. It's fine. I've got it. Yep. Yeah. So just seeing that that similarity is yeah. is interesting. Yeah, the the parallel, like the the way that Jesus talks to to the Samaritan woman is very similar to how we see him talking to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. And and actually as we go through the Gospel of John, we'll see that basically every conversation that he has with um, with anybody, you know, John six, John seven, mm-hmm. John eight, uh, 
you know, John 9 is actually a totally different um, animal. Uh, you know, it's it's very, very the way that he talks mm-hmm. um, is. And, and another parallel that I love is that John 3, the, the context is he come, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night mm-hmm. and they're in the light. And so then Jesus draws on our circumstances and says, okay, so the, what, you're, what you're in right now, you know, are you coming to the light, Nicodemus, or are you not? Um, you know, will you choose to love the darkness? And then Jesus does it again here with the woman at the well is, okay, you're at a well, you're looking for water, okay, going to use that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's very good at drawing people in from the circumstances that they're in mm-hmm. to point to himself. Um, so she comes to draw water. Now, it's the sixth hour, so um, that's like noon because mm-hmm. they start their hours at six in the morning. So this is noon, heat of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you were saying, there's, there's fishiness yeah. about that. Because um, personally, if I were going to go draw water for the day, I would probably start in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, just because, for one, I want it for the day. Yeah. Um, and then the other aspect being it's cooler in the morning. It's cooler at 6 in the morning mm-hmm. to go and get water from a well journeying from the city than it is to just, you know, like, yeah, noon. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so, like you said, we see later why she's probably doing that. Um, but Jesus says to her, mm. which is just incredible that he's even saying something to her, give me a drink. Um so, and then for his disciples had gone away into, into the city to buy um, food. Um, otherwise, so kind of implying that he, they would have gotten it for him mm-hmm. if, if they were around. Um, but, so this is, this is a Samaritan woman mm-hmm. in the context of history is that, you know, this is, this is worse than like um, Vikings Packers. <laughs> You know, just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, how I've heard the um, the parallel, modern parallels drawn, and I don't know if I entirely agree with this, but it would be like um, how a lot of people view um, put yourself, I guess, in the in the context of like nine, twelve, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And how, in that context, people were looking at people from the Middle East mm-hmm. as being dangerous and hating America right. and all that kind of stuff. And we've we've grown since then mm-hmm. um, to really focus on the reality that not everybody who's crazy from yeah. one specific group makes the whole group crazy. Um, but it would be like that mm. of, you know, they, Samaritans and Jews have had, um, they've been bumping heads for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, the Samaritans are, they only hold the first five books of the Old Testament to be true. The Jews have the whole Old Testament. Mm. Um, they, the Jews have the temple. The Samaritans don't, post, you know, 
Jews had something to do with that of them not having a temple and 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 they're they're the Samaritans are viewed as half breeds yeah um, by the Jews the pure blood Jews because um, during a historical exile um, there were Israelites placed back in the northern kingdom of of Samaria and uh, and they intermarried with people that were also settled there mm-hmm. so they're just you know the Jews have had this like high horse mm. position with with the Samaritans for so long. So Jesus, when he looks at her and goes low, mm. you know, he, he's not on a high horse. He goes and takes the position of someone who's needy mm. and asks her for a drink. Um, so again, you know, and we'll probably see this a lot as we're going mm. through John is just the the humility of mm. Jesus. Of, um, it's not just he he has a proper understanding of who he is. He has a proper understanding of what he needs to do in order to love people. Mm. Um, yeah. So he goes low. I love it. Mm-hmm. And that's in direct comparison to last chapter too because mm-hmm. you see last chapter he's you know interacting with the the higher ups of yep. of you know the Jewish religion and yep. the Sanhedrin he's you know going from the top yep. to as a Jew sought the yeah. bottom yeah <laughs> so he covers the entire spectrum yeah and and I love it. so we go from a Jewish high position um holy male mm-hmm. to bottom of the barrel um as far as how society would view her, bottom of the barrel Samaritan woman, mm-hmm. and he dines with both. Like yep. that—that's <laughs> the kind of person Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Is he's he's so humble that he is able to do both. Right. Because most of the time, if you're prideful, you can only do one. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like a prideful person would look at at the company of Nicodemus and say, "Yes, I can hang out with Nicodemus," but then. You know, if an offer was, well, do you want to hang out with a Samaritan woman? A, a prideful person would say, absolutely not. That's beneath me. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, and it would be like, um, you know, like I I've just I just dined with like a senator, mm-hmm. you know, and then I and then I go into you know the red light district. And mm-hmm. and I have I have lunch with this lady, yep. you know, and uh, now in, in in the political sphere, that probably is happening <laughs> for different reasons, um, a lot. But, yeah. But Jesus is doing it out of love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, any 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 other thoughts on that? Uh, not no, not on that specifically. So the Samaritan woman then says to him. What we would be asking if we were in the if if we were in the situation, mm-hmm. how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And John puts, you know, for those of us who don't know, um, for Jews don't have any dealings with Samaritans, and uh, so, so, and then again, this is what he did with Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. He's doing it again here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus answered her. Not the, you know, directly to her question of how is it that you are asking, 
he's, he grabs onto the gift of the, the asking. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have flipped the tables. You would have asked the one who's asking you. And then he would have given you living water. So if you knew who I am, you would have, you would have totally changed this conversation. Rather than, you know, if you're a Jew, how can you, a Jew, ask me? Right. You would have just said, oh, my, my goodness. Mm. This, I'm, I'm going to ask you for water. Because you have living water that you can give me, but you don't know who I am. So, oh. <laughs> so then the woman says to him, so you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And then, you know, just, just makes total sense is she's uh, a spunky Samaritan <laughs> woman because she goes after his you know, his high horse, you know, what she's expecting he's like of the, you know, being on the high horse. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. So just, she's she's going after how she has encountered Jewish men to be. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got Jesus in this mold, thinking that he's this way. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is, is a good thing for us to, to notice is there's so many people in the world who think that Jesus is this way. Mm. And actually a lot like what she, um, what the Samaritan woman thinks. Mm. Because we have, as Christians, we have represented Jesus on earth. And we've come across a lot like Jews to Samaritans mm-hmm. of we are right, you are wrong. Right. We're pure-blooded, you're the half-breed. You know, we've, we've come across that way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is met with that kind of expectation, that stereotype of what Jews are like. And, and, and then we, we, we could probably even put this of, of what Christians are like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just totally makes sense that she would be going after him. You know, are you greater than our father, Jacob? Like, come on, man. Um, you're not. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, 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 I certainly think um, Christians as a whole have a habit of, of um, wanting our, our glory now. Mm-hmm. Um, of you know, th- there's there, there's glory in heaven. There's, yeah, there's there's that promise, and you know we're not patient, so we want to take that glory and apply it to our lives now, mm-hmm. and be you know God chose me right to you know represent Him to you yep. little folk right, um, and so obviously that's going to be flipped on its head by mm-hmm. people who. You know, who would seek to, to mock the message yeah. or anything like that? Yeah. Um, and and no, I, th- I think you're 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 right on. As as um, a, a lot of people what, and very mockingly mm-hmm. like this, you know, are going to be like the Samaritan yeah. woman, of um, because it, you know it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's been their experience. Yeah. Um, 
but Jesus subverts that and really meets her where yeah where she is at yeah um, because he's so humble mm-hmm. um, and and he doesn't uh, seek his own glory in the same way that that right. we would yeah you know and it's and and we'll actually see that in John five right you know he says I don't seek my own glory mm-hmm. which is blows my mind because right. he's God um, he should <laughs> um, so and you know this was just kind of just this week kind of convicted me I was thinking I've just been, I've been waking up with like verses mm-hmm. in my mind more often than like I ever have in my life like I've never had that before mm-hmm. and then there was a thought not a verse but a, the thought came to me where where are all the lame and blind and crippled and mute and deaf and dumb people mm. in our churches? Um, because those were the people that were drawn to Jesus. And I don't see them. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've ceased to exist. Like right. the, It was only the first century that had them. You know, right. And now, now they're gone. <laughs> and then that, that made me think, too, where are all the tax collectors... Where, where are the traitors? Where are the prostitutes? Because those were the people that were drawn to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just very convicting to me because those people are not drawn to me. Mm-hmm. So then who, who am I acting like? You know, who am I imitating? Because if I'm imitating Jesus... It seems like those people would be drawn to me. Mm-hmm. So then, am I am I imitating a church religion structure that gets me a lot of credit within the church, but no, no influence and drawing, um, no magnetism outside of the church, you know? And uh, and I just think this is this is a really good passage for us to be looking at in, in this idea of um, do we really look like Jesus? Because this is the kind of person that is drawn to Jesus, this woman from right. Samaria. Samaria. Right. Um, so Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Okay. So this well that you have from Jacob, it's a great well. It's fantastic well. It's one of the best wells. Everyone's oh talking gosh. about it. Uh, <laughs> but whoever drinks of that water, I mean, they'll, they'll be thirsty again. Okay, that's just how water works. Okay, I'm not mock. I'm not knocking <laughs> Jacob. I'm not saying, you know, um, he's not saying he's better than Jacob. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of saying that he's better than Jacob <laughs> because he says. Um, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So it seems now is when Jesus has made the move showing his cards. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about water. Like, I am, but I'm not talking about water. Um, and 
and he he looks at her and sees how she has continually been thirsty again. Mm-hmm. I I think that's mm. some of the mm-hmm. things that that we you know. It's not just that she's thirsty for water. Mm-hmm. She she has got a soul thirst right. that cannot be quenched. And he's saying, if I give you this water, the deepest longings and thirst of your soul will be met. And you will never thirst again. Any thoughts? I... Uh, I, I think you know, you're 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 hitting it right on of, of um, you know we 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 talked about it a little last week too um, a lot of parallels to last week mm-hmm. yep um, but you know Jesus uses um, the physical mm-hmm. to to really um, represent the the, the spiritual right and, and, um, and those sorts of things yep. Um, like last time being you know physically born again mm-hmm. was the confusion with Nicodemus right. um, and you know, we'll see here that there's a confusion with water yep um, but how, how it's all it, it's so complicated yes for not just the people that Jesus was talking mm-hmm. to but for us you know thousands of years yeah. later with the retrospect of the yeah. entire story to grasp yeah um, that he he throws us the bone and, and helps us out, right? With uh, this imagery, yeah, that he gives us, um, yeah. Because I I don't think, or at least it would take a very long time to be able to get a a somewhat decent grasp mm-hmm. of the the metaphysical things <laughs> that Jesus is talking right. about. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, just kind of back to walking. Mm-hmm. You, you see that in this, right? You know, um, now, and I'm I'm not saying that we are meant to see that Jesus is walking through this, you know, right. um, this journey with her. Um, I'm just saying that's what Jesus does physically. That's also what he does in conversation, mm-hmm. um, because most of the time we would care about getting things clear right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like totally okay with some ambiguity here. Mm-hmm. Totally okay with having a conversation. You know, he he is purposely not clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that goes against all communication classes, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, you know, because yeah, he's he's just like, yeah, let's talk about water for a while. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then and and, but he has a point, you know, he's not, you know, it, it, the, sometimes it seems like we care, we, we think that in how we talk to people, it's, it's, it should be like a well laid out sermon. Right. You know, here's my thesis or, you know, well laid out paper, you know, mm-hmm. here's my thesis, here's my first paragraph supporting that thesis or introducing the thesis and then here's the next and the next and we and that's the way that we talk to people at least that might be kind of what I struggle with is just <laughs> wanting to to be very clear and concise you know very understandable by people mm-hmm. and um, Jesus has somewhere he's going with this mm-hmm. um, but he takes his time yeah. um, 
because he it seems like he takes his time not for his sake but for hers oh yeah you know he's 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 giving her what she can handle um you know just giving her baby food you mm-hmm. know like working her way up um you know or starting with a walk and later doing the jog and then later the you know he's 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 gentle and careful with her mm-hmm. um and he's okay with the the confusion and, right. and the complexity of it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so the woman said to him, after hearing that this is water that will make sure that you're never thirsty again and that um, it'll become in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life, she wants it. Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So there's, you know, she, she's asking for the water so that she won't have to. You know, there's, there is a, a duty and a burden that she has mm-hmm. that she doesn't want to have anymore. Right. Um, now I I'm not totally sure if she gets exactly what's going on yet. I I think <laughs> she is like literally looking at it wrong, but right in principle. Mm-hmm. You know, of she she I think she's still thinking about it as literal water, mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to come all the way down here in the middle of the day, right? To you know get water for the day. Yeah. Um, but it's right in principle mm-hmm. of there, there's a she she obviously doesn't want right to be out here drying water in the middle of the hot sun right um, there, there's a longing mm-hmm. for for the the respite from the burden right which is right in principle mm-hmm. but I I don't think she she's quite gotten that yet yeah yeah and because there's there's still so much like pushback and stuff I part of me wonders if it's if she's kind of leaning in and going, okay, maybe, maybe he's not talking about water. Maybe. And I'm totally just speculating here. Mm-hmm. But it could be that she's leaning in and thinking, maybe he's not talking about water. Either way, mm-hmm. if he is talking about water, that would be awesome. Because I really don't want to keep coming back here. Um if he's not talking about water, I still want what he has, mm. you know, um, because, he, you know, he says that eternal life thing, mm. and she wants that. So I don't know. It, it's, and there's a lot of on-the-fenceness about her yeah. in this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I suppose the, the reason why I, I lean towards um, what I was saying earlier mm-hmm. Uh, was because it, it kind of parallels the same with Nicodemus. Yes. Yep. Of, you know, not not quite understanding it yet. Yep. Um, but I, I do think, you know, you're right in, in having the, the wariness of, like, she, you know, so there, there's obviously she wants something. Right. Um, and so the, there might be the, the on the fence of, like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, yep. if, you, if you're, you know, going to satisfy, you know, what, what I have, my burdens, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'll take what you're selling. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Right. So Jesus, you know, goes, all right, you want this. Go call your husband. Come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying, I have no husband. Because you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> so, so Jesus, you know, I, I, I like there's the unfolding of the, like show, slowly showing his cards. Like I'm not talking about water here. If I give you water, you will never thirst again, which the only way that that's possible is it's your soul. You're not going to thirst again, and it's going to well up into eternal life. Clearly not talking about water here. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure here, but give it to me. And then, okay, you want, you want what I'm giving you, then he goes straight to who she has been goes right to um, the heart of why she's here at noon um, because because the people would know that she has had five husbands you know she is an adulteress um, and and so the women of, of Samaria in her town would not associate with her mm-hmm. um, so she has to keep coming to the water at noon because of her shame. Mm-hmm. So Jesus goes right to her shame. And and what's like, so one of the things that's super ironic to me is because Jesus is going to her shame to remove her shame, she would be able to come to the well. Mm-hmm. Just not how she has been doing it. Right. She can she can come in the context of community again mm-hmm. because her shame has been removed. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, I think we've talked about this before, is that, um, you know, like in the in how, just shame. You know, shame is, comes from the garden. The first time that we hear about shame yeah. in the Garden of Eden, um, Adam and Eve eat the fruit, and then. They their their nakedness brings shame, mm. um, and and so the what and, and what's stupid about it is that they are married. Mm-hmm. Their nakedness should not bring about shame. Um, Jesus comes, sees our nakedness. I mean that's what's going on mm. here, right? Like he Jesus sees her nakedness. We're not talking physical. Sees her shame. Um, but because he is the, the better Adam, um, he doesn't look at her nakedness and, and feels shame. He looks at her nakedness as opportunity for intimacy. So, but the reality is because we are human with sin, we have to have the shaming before we have the intimacy. Um, we have to, to blush right. at our own nakedness before we have the intimacy. Right. Even though Jesus is not ashamed by our, our nakedness. 
Um, and then, and then the, the true marriage is, is, um, is created, right? Of through shame. And it's not just shame that we go through of Jesus exposing our shame and then, and then creating the intimacy. He doesn't, he doesn't just do that. He himself is shamed. He won't let us be the only one to be shamed. He goes to the cross naked. Like we are very, um, modest in our depictions of Jesus's crucifixion because you won't mm-hmm. find a, a picture of the crucifixion where Jesus doesn't have any clothes on. Right. But that's what's going on. He is completely shamed. Mm-hmm. So Jesus doesn't just say, I'm going to expose your shame and create intimacy out of that shame. He himself takes his clothes off and is shamed. Mm-hmm. And it's in that context where intimacy is created. Mm-hmm. So he goes right to her. Right, you know, exposes that nerve. <laughs> right. Um, and her, her response is just wonderful. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> Since you are a prophet, and this is just how I'm taking this. Since you are a prophet, let me ask you a question that's been on my mind about worship. <laughs> um, <laughs> our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you, a Jew, Say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Isn't that great? You know? Like, instead of talking about my adultery, let's talk about worship. Now the question is, are those unrelated things? Right. And I don't think they're unrelated things. Probably not. You know? Um, Because that, she's been going to those wells. Of, of physical intimacy to try to quench the soul thirst that she has. Mm-hmm. And it's whatever we go to um, to quench our soul thirst is what we worship. So I, I think that's why Jesus is okay with going, going here with her, mm-hmm. is that these are not unrelated issues. Right. She's probably using this as a smokescreen to get off of the fact that he just brought up her adultery, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing that she's most ashamed about. Right. Um, but Jesus, I think he looks at it and says, look, your adultery is a worship issue. Mm-hmm. Every sin that you commit is a worship issue because you are going to those things as the satisfaction of your soul rather than to me. So it is a worship issue, and we'll go there. Hmm. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I, I, I just think it's, it, it's so human nature to, when you have sin exposed, mm-hmm. to recoil. Yeah. Because it's nasty and it's ugly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just like you're saying, to, to throw up some sort of smokescreen mm-hmm. or some sort of diversion. Yeah. Um, but because we're so sinful in nature, our diversion points right back at our sin. Yes. Um, yeah. And we, on our own, solo, can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Everything we do points back to our yep. sin. Yep. And thank goodness Jesus comes along and parts the smoke yep. and looks directly at, this, at the sin yep. and feels shame with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this is kind of unre- unrelated, but... I suppose 
related at the same time mm-hmm. of way back when we were reading screw tape letters mm-hmm. and just talking about how how shame is like the the worst thing yeah for us you know like it you know we feel it when mm-hmm. uh, when you know when we have our sin but when we dwell in it yeah um you know that's the i think the quote is like that's what kills christians yeah um and that christ feels the shame for us yeah we no longer have to yeah um, and that's just, that's just beautiful right. of of how sacrificial Jesus is. Yeah, you know we we recoil so viscerously because sin is so ugly. Mm-hmm. We would never want to even we would never think about bearing someone else's sin right. on top of all of the weight of our own. Yeah, but Jesus is like, yes, I will. Yeah, because I love you so much. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good to bring up with, with screw tape there because what happens is we get in the cycle of sin, shame, sin, shame. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is I, I sin, so I'm ashamed of my sin. So I don't go to God, who's the one that can actually get rid of my sin and my shame. Mm-hmm. I, I try to do things on my own to try to clean myself up mm-hmm. before I can go back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process of me cutting myself off from God's presence, I sin again. Right. Which makes me more ashamed because I've sinned I've sinned more. Mm. And then I okay, but I won't go to God because I'm I'm ashamed of my sin. I can't go to him, so I'll I'll try to clean myself up. And it's this stupid cycle mm-hmm. of sin, shame, separation, sin, shame, separation, until and, and then I I described that chapter when we were going through screw tape as if I were to title this, it would be How to Kill Christians. Right, right. Um, because that's how you kill Christians. And then she, I think, you know, her shame is exposed. And Jesus, and so she goes towards worship. And, and I think it's be, partly because she's saying, look, I want to go and worship. But that's all the way in Jerusalem. And so she's bringing up worship, like even as the smokescreen, there's the the paths to Zion, the paths to Jerusalem. I think that's like Psalm 44, Psalm 45, something like that. Mm-hmm. Of you know the the paths of Zion are in my heart, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think what's going on here is like even as she's throwing up the smokescreen, she's speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Of I want to be able to go to worship, but that the shame that you're talking about. That's that's what's keeping me. But physical barriers are what's keeping me. Right. Um, there there is a block between my relationship with God and in my ability to even worship. So I keep going to these things. I keep having to go to these wells. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even if she were to go to Jerusalem, she wouldn't be able to go into the temple. She's a Samaritan woman. Like, women, Jewish women can only go so far into the courtyard. And then men can only go so far. You know, so she would still be an outsider even in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it just, like, I'm glad you brought that up because it just, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even as a smokescreen that she's bringing up worship. Right. 
because this is about getting back to God. It's about reconciliation with God. And there's her own shame and then her, the physical barriers that she has um, to go. And, and I think that's something of why she's bringing it up. Um, so <laughs> Jesus' response, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. I love in The Chosen, um, there's something about like this, this thought of, so it won't be about places and mountains anymore. <laughs> and he says, no, it's not going to be about places and mountains. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. And it's just hum- humble truth. Mm-hmm. The Jesus, gentle, humble truth that Jesus speaks to her in love of, yeah, salvation is from the Jews because I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that's the reality. Um, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers won't be true worshipers because of blood but true worshipers because of my blood, I think, is some of the effect of that. It won't be about your heritage. It won't be about your family background. It will be where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth because the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. He's not flesh and blood person worshipped. That he's not a tribal God of God of just the Jews, of this tribe. He's, he's a spirit who goes beyond the physical limitations that is set in the tribe and in the temple. He goes beyond that. And, and he's seeking people who just worship him with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, with all of their strength. That's the kind of people he's seeking to worship him. And it doesn't matter if you're Samaritan or Jew or Gentile. Or it, do, it just does not matter as long as, it's just as, long as you come. Um, any thoughts on that? So... It, it, it's kind of related, and I meant to bring this up earlier, um, but I guess it fits in here too. Mm-hmm. Um, of I guess it totally does. Um, you you know, and and the the, the parallels between John three and John four mm-hmm. of Nicodemus, the you know the high priest, yep. you know the 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 um, you know the the holy man, right, and then the the low mm-hmm. Samaritan woman, yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned before how, how Jesus goes out to, to reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it's brought up here that no matter where you are, mm-hmm. no, no matter defined by your blood, if right. you're a Samaritan or a Jew or a Gentile or anyone, yep. no matter where you are, there's no physical boundary right. that can keep you from worship. Yeah. There's no, the, you know, your mom and dad don't determine your worship, you know, where your, your worship, your, where you live. Yeah. In Rogers or St. Michael or, right. you know, China. It doesn't matter where you live. Yeah. You can always, you can always worship God. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, 
just as an aside, that's a very good word and encouragement for us now mm. um, when there are so many physical boundaries um, in place, you know, that you can't go to church um, because you might get the coronavirus and die or, you know, you could give it to somebody and they die. Mm. Um, there's so much physical boundaries, but the thing that you were created for is the thing that you can still do, mm-hmm. which is worship the Father in spirit and truth. Right. Because there is no physical, there is no boundary now mm-hmm. um, between you and him. Um, so the woman responds, okay, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who's called Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. All right. So like, I now I think she's getting down to her... <laughs> To the very, very end of her rope of, all right, well, uh, (laughs) like all of her questions have just been like, it's not just her question has been answered. It's like, it's not a question anymore. Right. The way that Jesus answers it is like, oh, you're talking about distance and stuff? Like, you know, she might be expecting about like, how to travel to worship or something, right. you know. But he's like, no, that's not even a thing anymore. You know, that's how I'm going to answer your question. And so she just kind of, it seems like she's just kind of throwing up her hands and like, if I, you like, it's either no to him, like outright rejection, mm-hmm. yes to him, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. So then there's kind of this middle of like, you know, we're not totally sure yet because the Messiah is not here. So, so let's just hold off on all of this. Um, and then Jesus' response would just be absolutely shocking mm-hmm. because <laughs> you don't have anywhere to hide right. at that point. And his response is, I am the one who's speaking to you. So it, it, and I love it because most English translations are I who speak to you am he, mm-hmm. but the language is I am the one speaking to you, mm-hmm. which is which is a deeper answer right. that she would know because she's a Samaritan. She she knows the first five books right. of the Old Testament. She knows what it means that he just said I am, mm-hmm. and so all of her cover is blown. You know, she can't even say, look, I know that the Messiah is coming and he'll explain everything. Because, and you know, he could have just said, well, I'm the Messiah. Okay, well, then God can't. <laughs> I'm God, <laughs> you know. Right. Like, she has nowhere else to turn because he's the one that she keeps turning and bumping into. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else to go. There's no escape from him. Right. So then there's an escape from him. Just then his <laughs> disciples come back. <laughs> and they're amazed that he's talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because, you know, he's Jesus. Right. He's doing something. Um, so the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. This couldn't be the Christ, could it? They went out of the town and were coming to him. So 
even then, and, it, and again, most English translations miss this. The force of her question is not, can this be the Christ? It's, this couldn't be him, could it? Mm-hmm. Like, she's still holding on to, you know, this, this is scary. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be a scary thing if he is the Messiah. Because then everything that she knew an hour ago <laughs> is, is, is done. Like, even though she has shame, even though she has sin, even though um, there is all this that she wants to get rid of, there's this, I love this quote by Dave Ramsey, um, is, you know, it's, it's like you're sitting in your own diaper. Um, sure, it's smelly, not good for you, and bad, but it's warm, it's comfortable, and it's mine. <laughs> and and that's that I think is kind of why, you know, and it, it's back to John three, right? Of that we love the darkness mm-hmm. and we don't want to leave the darkness, even though it's the thing that's killing us. Right. We don't want to because it's warm, it's comfortable, and it's mine. Mm-hmm. And out there, that's unknown. Out there is is not me, I think. Mm. Out there, I don't know what will happen to me if I go out there. But the reality is, this, the thing that you know for certain is that you will die if you stay here. Right. Um, but again, like, just talking about walking through the conversation, walking with people. Jesus did not convert her in that one conversation. Right. She did not believe that he was the Messiah with that one conversation. Um, this is the start of a conversation. You know, he even broke out some big guns there. Mm-hmm. And he did not convince her 100% that this is the Messiah. I am the one speaking to you, the Messiah. She's not 100% convinced. And, and, and it's not that she's, I would say she is probably 100% convinced intellectually that he is. Probably. <laughs> but she does not want him to be. Mm-hmm. Like I said, because I think everything about her life is different then. Any thoughts on that? I, I think it, it's interesting. The, the, the effect that that conversation with Jesus has on her mm-hmm. because this is a woman who because of her shame and her guilt mm-hmm. to avoid you know the stares or you know anyone else mm-hmm. would uh, go out in you know in the middle of the day mm-hmm. to to suffer and toil under the sun in order just to get her water yep but after that conversation she goes into the town and like looks to people to find a question. Th- this couldn't be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost like her, her unwillingness to accept him as Messiah, is is almost you know overcoming her. Like she she she's definitely more comfortable in her sin. So she would rather like disprove this Messiah guy, mm-hmm. and and interact with people to just to make sure that okay phew, that's right. done now I'm fine. Right. 
it's just it's strange. Yeah, it's the complexity of a of a person on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like Nicodemus was on the edge. Right. Um, now she's on the edge, and just a few thoughts of the complexity. She wants to disprove it. So she's finding people so that they can go, yeah, no, he's not the Messiah. So there's a part of her that does not want him to be. But I think there's a part of her who really wants him to be. Mm-hmm. And, and a part of her who's doing due diligence and saying, like, other people have to hear this. I can't be the only one judging this. Like, is he or isn't he? Right. Because if he is, I need to know. Because if he's not and I just go ahead and do everything he says, I'm going to lose a lot if he's not who he says he is. But if he is who he says he is, I want to be 100% certain that he is because I'm going to lose everything. I will have nothing left if he is who he says he is. And I don't want to, I want, I don't want to lose what I do have mm-hmm. because I messed up, you know, and again, total speculation. Right, right. But those are some of the things I could see as the, you know, in the complex position of someone who's on the edge, who's not certain yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I do think she's convinced by the end of John 4. Um, but, um, so we didn't make it through John 4. No, Uh, I mean, I didn't really expect to. No, um, but just some closing thoughts on this is that as to who Jesus is, he's, he's not what we expect him to be, because if you expect him to be like the bad experiences of Christians that you've had. He is not that. Um, He knows the deepest longings of our soul. And he does not come to us on a high horse. He comes to us asking for a drink, whatever that means in your context if you're listening Um, he comes low and and he draws us to himself so that he would give you the water of eternal life he wants to Um, he does not like if he didn't want to give her the water he wouldn't have offered right um, but he wants to give us the water that is him. He is the living water. He is the satisfaction of our souls. And, and he will break down every wall, strip us of every um, excuse and barrier that we put up in between us and him. He will expose our shame but he will not make us go through it alone. He himself bears our shame and goes through shame himself in order that intimacy 
and reconciliation with him can occur so that we can have life, so that we can have abundance of joy in him. And he is infinitely patient. Because if by the end of your conversation with Jesus, you say, nah, couldn't be. He's still around. Mm -hmm. He stays for two more days in Samaria. So the trip took a little bit longer than what they were expecting, but he stays. He, He is patient to just show you that he is the Messiah by the way that he talks, by the way that he loves you, by, by the way um, that he, he gently exposes our sin. Um, one of the, the most beautiful things about Jesus, and I think you can't get this anywhere else, is that Jesus knows you better than anyone else on the planet and loves you more than anyone else on the planet. You can't get that from anybody else because he sees her shame and loves her. That's, that's impossible kind of love mm-hmm. that exists. Right. So, anyway, right. thank you for joining us. This has been Braxton.